What's up, everybody? I am back at last with a new podcast. We had an amazing night of fights this past weekend, and I've just been dying to talk about it, but I have been absolutely swamped this week. Working two jobs is no joke. But I promised I would put this thing out, so better late than never. Time to stop putting it off and let's just jump right into it. This is another episode of Do You Mind MMA? Alright, so UFC 243 this past weekend from Melbourne, Australia. And uh, it was record-breaking numbers at the gate. They had over 57,000 people in attendance, which is just plain insane. So, um, kicking off that main card, we had Justin Taffa versus Jorgen DeCastro. And this was a heavyweight fight. And that's pretty much all I've got to say about that. Jorgen DeCastro, uh, two minutes into the first round, landed a big knockout. Um, great, you know, nothing super uh, exciting to really break down here. It was just a couple of big dudes going at it. Uh, got Taffa against the fence and landed that big shot, put him right out. Great way to kick off the card. And then uh, at welterweight, uh, Diego Lima picked up a decision win against Luke Jumo. Uh, great performance by that guy. Diego Lima, I've been a fan of his ever since he was on The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, just the super nicest dude. I, I like when good things happen to him. Um, as far as I know, he's still walking out to God's Not Dead by the Newsboys. Can't get much more wholesome than that. What a guy. Good for him. And then um, we had Sergey Spivak picking up the triangle submission win against Tai Tuivasa. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, no shoeys for him this fight. Uh, I always I like Tai. He's a big slugger, but... Um, yeah, as we saw in this fight, uh, maybe a little one-dimensional. Uh, Sergey, I didn't know a whole ton about him, but name like Spivak, you know, he's got to be Russian, he's got to be good at wrestling, and uh, it's pretty much the story of the fight. Took him down, wore him right out, and uh, got a triangle choke submission uh, up against the fence. He was in a kind of a weird position to finish it or whatever, but yeah, tied to Ivasa, he went right out. I don't think he even tapped. He, um, I remember like the ref just picked up his arm, like old school WWE style. You know what I'm talking about when like they would grab the arm and pick it up. But he didn't get the one, two, three like they did in the WWE. He just picked up his arm and just flopped onto the mat limp. And it was like, okay, okay, it's over, it's over. So, uh, yeah. Sergey Spivak moves to 10 and 1. Great, uh, great career win for him and um let's see then we had dan hooker versus al iaquinta and um man you know leading into this fight um i was thinking Al was gonna get it done you know dan hooker's been on a roll lately um let's see he just had the loss to edson barbosa and then i think was it his last fight where he knocked out james vick yeah, so he was coming off of that, looking good, and uh, called out Iaquinta, who was way higher on the rankings than him. I think 
Hooker was uh, like ranked number 14 while I was sitting pretty at number 6. And um, I got to say, I, th I, I thought I was going to get it done in this fight. You know, he's got that gritty in-your-face style. I thought maybe he'd be able to close the distance and, you know, make it a make it a nice up close and personal fight but um yeah dan hooker man just looking great he had um excellent kickboxing he used his range he kept that jab in his face and the the low kicks the low kicks were working like the low low kicks kicking him in the calf uh limiting his movement so al wasn't really able to blitz in on him or anything um i remember i think it was in the first round like one of those kicks landed real low and just knocked him right off balance and everything so in retrospect maybe i should have seen it coming because i think al's last loss was against cowboy cerrone and uh you know that's another just really good rangy kickboxer so um yeah tough uh tough night for al but i don't know i think he's doing pretty good for himself don't think he's going to be going anywhere anytime soon. He's got a long career ahead of him, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, Dan Hooker moving on up in the world. I uh, actually called out Dustin Poirier. And um, I think Poirier responded with basically, uh, nah, got some other stuff going on. So maybe, um, maybe potential Conor McGregor fight in the works. You know, rumors, stuff's been going around. Connor says he's got a fight in December, or he, I don't know if he even said it explicitly. He just put a date out there, super vague, but you know maybe, maybe he's doing the Dustin rematch. We'll see. And then uh, main event, the thing that everybody was talking about, Israel Adesanya picking up the win against Robert Whitaker, and it is yes, Adesanya. Everybody else is totally saying it wrong, apparently. Um, I was listening to, he came on the Ariel Hawani show, and uh, yeah, they both made a point of yep, saying it is, in fact, Adesanya. Emphasis on the dis, as in, I dis Anya, which he does. He's very good at trolling people and getting in their heads pre-fight. Um, yeah, not to be a weird stickler, I know it sounds kind of pretentious of myself to be all... Ooh, everybody's saying it wrong, uh, actually, but, um, you know, I, I want to be accurate, I want to be proper, I want to put, put a little respect on his name, with a K, by doing it right, you know, I mean, I, you know, I want to sound normal and say Adesanya like everybody else does, but at the same time, I don't want to be, uh, I don't, don't want to be like old Uncle Chael saying weird things like like Urir Rodriguez or, or, or Kamara Usman or Joanna Jetter Jasic or Joanna Not Champion when he's feeling especially lazy now, not even trying anymore. But anyway, all that aside, Israel Adesanya put on an absolutely spectacular performance on Bobby Knuckles. Um, yeah, leading into this, you know, I was thinking it was going to be a lot closer than it actually was. I was expecting, you know, another all-out war, just like, kind of like the Kelvin Gastelum fight, you know. In fact, uh, in my head, I was kind of building it up to be like the 
Anderson Silva versus GSP fight we never got. Um, you know, naturally, both guys have uh, drawn comparisons to each of those guys. Actually, um, Whitaker's coach, you know, in the time leading up to the fight, was the one making comparisons of Robert Whitaker to GSP. And um, Adesanya, sorry, Adesanya, was, um, you know, the, everybody's, uh, he's kind of the spiritual successor to Anderson Silva. The, with, the, you know, the excellent technical kickboxing. You know, he had a long career. I didn't know. I was actually surprised to realize that he was older than Whitaker in this fight. I don't know, he just comes off as younger. Probably all the anime references and Dragon Ball Z stuff. Um, yeah, before the fight even started. I just want to talk about that walkout performance. That was pretty awesome. That was actually pretty much, I think, in, in my mind, I felt like that was the moment I realized he was going to win the fight. It sounds silly, but you don't come out with that kind of supreme confidence unless you have something to back it up. Like he has, he's got, not to get all woo on you, but he just has sort of that aura about him. You know what I mean? Everybody's been making these comparisons. He's like, much like Conor McGregor on the come up, he's just got, he's just got that swagger, you know what I mean? He's putting it together, doing everything right, and, uh, you know, trying to make a star out of himself. He's been calling his shots, and he's had this meteoric rise to the top. He only debuted in the UFC two years ago, and now he's fighting for the undisputed title. And, um, yeah, he's got a great social media presence. He's got confidence in person. Like, he's just doing everything right that you're supposed to be doing as a fighter in the UFC today that wants to get attention. And, um, yeah, by comparison, Whitaker... Uh, a fairly stoic entrance, you know, just walking in, you know, pounding his chest, getting himself hyped up and everything, and, um, yeah, it just gave off two very, very different vibes leading into the walk to the ring, so, then, uh, you know, they get in there, and, uh, oh, yeah, I also wanted to talk about, uh, Adesanya doing the thing where he, uh, pulled the, pulled the notebook out of his back pocket and, you know, made a note and put it back in there, um, some people were speculating that, you know, because everybody was booing when they announced his name, that uh, he was just sort of like taking note of that or something. But uh, he said later he was, um, you know, the anime Death Note. Yeah, that's what he was doing. He put his name down. And uh, if, okay, so for people who don't know, if you're not a nerd like me, uh, Death Note, the story is. Uh, he's got this magic book with some sort of demon attached to it. And if you write somebody's name in the book and how they die, they die exactly in that way. So he was like put out random hits on people. So yeah, that that's what Adesanya was doing. And so, yeah, Stylebender keeping up all of his anime references and everything. Very, uh, very on brand for him, if you will. And, um... So the fight starts, and Robert Whitaker just seems like he just can't get in on him. He's uh, um, not he didn't use his wrestling at all. I think he was even saying leading up to the fight that he, you know he thought he had the skills to strike with him, and um, and he was wrong. He was so wrong. <laughs> um, 
I don't know if it was just the like the game plan he came with. You know, I was thinking he was gonna actually, you know, mix in uh, some wrestling at least a little bit. You know, just try, try to mix it up, make the threat of the takedown, make his striking more effective and whatnot. But no, he basically just uh, came in and just kept winging that right hand over and over again. Um, let's talk about just some of the things that um, Adesanya did great to counter everything. Uh, you know, Whitaker tried to throw that uh, that sidekick to the leg that he likes doing. Um, had a little success with that in the Romero fight. Um, here's what Style Bender did over and over again really well. He would come out in that long bladed stance and uh, he was just sort of leaning forward with his hands down over his lead leg. Just kind of sticking his chin out, daring him, baiting him, you know, fainting, trying to get him to react. And Every time Robert Whitaker would blitz in, he uh, just leaned back and he stepped back into a squared stance and didn't had an excellent pull counter. He would you know lean back and hit him with the left hook, and that was just that shot was just money all night. He was he was just touching him up and uh, yeah, dropped him dramatically at the end of the first round. You know I watched that clip back over and over again in slow motion. And I think the lights were out on Robert Whitaker. I think he really, like, he got hit hard. Like, he got dropped. Like, when you watch it in slow motion, you can see that his eyes sort of roll into the back of his head. And I think when he hit the mat, maybe that woke him up. But, um, yeah, he was literally saved by the bell. Ref jumped in. Everybody was confused about that for a minute because apparently in the stadium it was so loud you didn't even hear the hear the bell go off or the buzzer or whatever. It's not a bell. It's an unboxing. But yeah, saved by the buzz. Just doesn't have the same kind of ring to it. He's saved by the bell. But it was not all right. Because the second round, um, Whitaker came out, didn't make any adjustments to his game plan whatsoever. Israel just kept doing the same thing. And... Uh, then he kept kept landing those those shots, nice crisp and crispy, crispy combos. And then once he sensed that uh, you know Whitaker was starting to fade a little bit, you know the the shots were landing clean. He was getting you know already a little bit rattled. He was on uh, he was on wobbly legs. Oh, and another thing is um, you know, Whitaker. He was you know staying very active on his feet, bouncing around a lot, and. Uh, Israel, by comparison, uh, came out actually like like really flat-footed. Like he didn't move around a whole lot, conserving his energy, and then just um, just uh, leading in with the feints, like just like the short, you know, hip feints, get keeping him guessing and landing that, uh, finding the range with that jab. He was always shooting it out from the hip, and uh, and then also you know fainting a lot with the hips. You know, I watched. Uh, I watch a lot of technique breakdowns on him and everything, and that's just one of the things that he does really well is is, is the hip feints. Um, and if you've ever trained in any striking arts, you know whether it be uh, boxing or karate, taekwondo, kickboxing, what have you. Um, any good instructor, in fact, I remember this. Um, my old karate teacher. He always told me like if what what to watch while you're in the middle of a fight is you want to watch the torso 
don't you, like you don't look at the eyes because those can be misleading especially if you've got a really slick striker will do stuff like you know look at your leg and then kick you in the head um and you don't want to watch the hands either because you know if you're focused on the hands um by the time the shot is coming it's already too late so you want to be watching like the torso and the hip area because once you see somebody uh you know settle themselves and you know you can like that that's when you can tell when the punch is coming but adesanya knowing this adesanya whatever i'm just gonna say it like a regular hick adesanya 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 all right i've got it now so stylebender knowing this <laughs> um like he does he's an excellent job using the hip feints which is also again uh just very energy efficient of him um just like really subtle movements getting them to bite and yeah Whitaker was just taking the bait all night um and then it, it also makes it more effective for when you actually do when he actually does throw out the jab because you know you get that like after a while of you know like jumping at all these feints you know you sort of become desensitized to it so that when the jab actually does come uh they're like not expecting it anymore so um yeah well Whitaker didn't really lean didn't really land a clean shot the whole fight I think he landed like that one jab in the second round somewhere and kind of knocked him back a little bit but wasn't such a big deal and um I think like one shot like it sounded like it landed hard but it just hit him right on the shoulder he rolled with it flawlessly um and yeah so that and the yeah so Adesanya came in and uh, once he noticed that he had Robert hurt um started coming in going forward and actually being a little bit more aggressive he landed really nice combo going to the body and then the head um hit him with a cut through a couple head kicks and then finally finished him off with that you know the same shot that he'd been landing all night they you know pulling back from the bladed stance into a squared up wide stance putting more power into his looping round punches hit him with the hook and then two uppercuts and just flat lined him and uh yeah that was the fight man it was awesome and then uh he did a thing that you know not a lot of people when they're the champion really do after the fight you know most of the time when somebody gets the belt um they don't typically call people out you know a lot of the time the attitude is oh well i'm the champ now people need to be calling me out and i'm just going to be thinking about you know what i'm going to get paid now but nope uh israel just went right into it and said uh he called out somebody that had been talking smack about him for a while he knew he didn't like him and he called out paulo costa who happened to be sitting ringside dressed very sharp i might add by the way um yeah and he called him right out uh hit him with the degeneration x x chops and called it a night uh, oh and uh, another funny thing that uh, i really enjoyed him doing was when uh john Annick came into the ring to interview him and uh look at the replay he uh he just took the microphone away from him instead of you know doing the typical thing let him do the talking he's like all right no 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 all right let me break this down for you give me the mic give me the mic and uh yeah did another pretty good job explaining everything i already just said pretty much 
and uh yeah that was the story of the fight and uh just like that a star is born oh yeah speaking of star um he was like hey marvel stadium you know maybe uh maybe i want to be in one of the next marvel movies something like that you know and uh i think he's got the i mean i obviously i've never seen him act before i don't think anybody has unless he's got some you know school play career that we don't know about but i mean he's just he's a character all by himself already all he's you know they're gonna put him in the movies and all he's got to do is act naturally um yeah i don't know what you do with them but you know maybe uh maybe the villain in the next black panther movie that'd be pretty badass i don't really know enough about black panther to say what villain he could play but you know maybe uh maybe him and francis and ganu team up since he just did uh just got off the set of the last fast and the furious movie but yeah something like that would be pretty dope um yeah he's just going for it going after you know he's thinking about the big picture you know gonna have a career after fighting and big stuff big stuff going on for israel adesanya as far as the cost of fight goes, um, I think he's going to put him away handily as well. Um, Paulo Costa, not really, uh, not really known for being a super technical striker. He just had a good fight against Yoel Romero. But, um, yeah, basically just like showed that he was really durable and tough. And, um, but yeah, got caught with a lot of shots. Uh, that was a back and forth fight. And, you know Romero, while explosive, of course, yeah, isn't. Uh, it's just a very different style fight for him. Um, you know, more of a explosive, powerful wrestler and everything. And uh, Costa, I remember even um, when he was fighting. Gosh, I was drawing a blank on his name for a second. Uh, guy came off the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, Uriah Hall. Yeah, when he was fighting Uriah Hall, um, you know, the last guy that everybody was kind of hyping up to be the second coming of Anderson Silva, <clears throat> and that didn't really pan out for him, but um, Uriah Hall actually had a lot of success in his fight, landing shots on him too, and um, he's not nearly the striker that Stylebender is, so, um, yeah, you know, he had some success, but just, you know, couldn't... Uh, couldn't land with the power necessary to take out Costa, but um, he also doesn't have the range that Israel has. I just, um, and you, you know, it's just, I think he's just going to get it done. I'm, I'm not worried about it. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I can't actually think of anybody else in the division that could give him real problems. Um, maybe. Uh, Romero, if he can get another win and earn himself another title shot, uh, Jared Cannonier looked really good in his last outing. Uh, th that would be another good fight. But um, yeah, I see him just clearing out the division in the next couple of years, and then um, obviously the thing that's uh, everybody's been talking about is the John Jones fight, probably sometime in uh, he predicts twenty twenty one. At which point Jones thinks that he'll already be in the heavyweight division. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you really never know what could happen. He's, uh, 
I don't see anybody beating Jones anytime soon either. Um, except maybe Johnny Walker. I mean, he could ruin the party for everybody if he comes in and just puts on a really good performance in his next fight. Like if Walker just uh, walks right through Corey Anderson and um, puts on a great performance, yeah, he's probably next in line for a title shot, and that could be um, that could be really interesting because that's another guy that's you know been on a roll with a crazy style too, just knocking people out. Um, yeah, scary, scary guy, but man, him versus Israel would be a good fight too. But anyway, on to the future. Oh, before we move on, speaking of future potential fights, um, I put it out there and went to my fellow armchair experts over at SureDog.com, and uh, I posed the question, if Whitaker does get a rematch somewhere down the line, uh, is it possible that with a better game plan, he could potentially beat Stylebender? You know, Whitaker in his post-fight interview, um... You know, didn't uh, didn't really seem to think he was doing anything wrong, which uh, which was a little bit unsettling for me. Uh, you know, he was saying I, th I thought I was doing pretty good right until I wasn't, and um, yeah, as I've already outlined now at this point in great detail, that was simply not the case. Um, I think he's got to sit down and really you know watch the fight with a critical eye, sit down with his coaches and uh, see what he did wrong and what he could do to potentially improve. Um, and if he can maybe come back with a better game plan. So I, uh, I took to the forums of SureDog and I posed the question, could he win potentially with a better plan? And um, here's some of the better responses that I got. Mammoth Man, who has an excellent picture of Count Dooku as his avatar said, uh, avatar said that, uh, speaking of Stylebender, Avatar, Airbender, whatever, anyway... Mammoth Man says he will need to go full panic wrestler, probably adding some leg kicks too, and work on that clinch as well. Anything would be better than trying to headhunt Adesanya. And uh, I agree, actually. Um, oh, this is actually something that I heard Kenny Florian bring up when he was throwing all those big punches and making Israel lean back. Uh, you know, his, that leg was planted. He, you know, his leg was wide open, so he really could have, um, if he wanted to mix it up, like you know. Get get in close, throw those big shots, and then finish with a leg kick at the end. You know, a little Dutch style, and um, maybe potentially if he could, you know, chop the legs down a little bit, um, limit his movement a little bit more, and you know, maybe get get to isolate him a little bit, and you know, keep him from moving around so that he can incorporate the wrestling better. Maybe try to you know clinch up, pin him against the fence. Uh, make it a little more ugly in your face fight it, yeah i think maybe i could see him having some success doing that hi scott newman said uh this in response to mammoth man he said i was very surprised to see whitaker not try any wrestling he didn't even attempt to shoot or even grab adesanya once i just thought he he would mix up the striking with the wrestling but he seemed to just want to do striking only. I think if there was a rematch, he will try to wrestle a lot more, and he should if he wants more success. Adesanya is so accurate and fast in the striking. And then uh, Arg with, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four R's also replied, 
yeah, he was kicking the shit out of, out of the legs in round one, and it was working. But he said on his podcast, after he got dropped at the buzzer, it was really hard to fight in round two and be focused slash stick to the game plan after the knockdown. He basically admitted he was KO'd twice in the fight. Still my favorite fighter. Izzy is dope too, but win, lose, or draw, war knuckles. All right. And then the 90s rules with a Z. That's so 90s, so extreme. Uh, he said, I think he's learned from the striking how Izzy works too. Izzy would take a shot, even if it was just a graze, and catch Rob while he was open after throwing the strikes and get him every time. As others have said, wrestling side could play a part. All losses can be a learning curve, and he has now learned how Izzy works off that, which caught him last weekend, so he will know not to get go in that way again. It would be a good rematch. I'm sure whether he won or lost, the fight would be great. And then MMA for Life also replied, Yeah, mix in takedowns and adjust his striking. He can still blitz in at times, but, like 9050 put it perfectly, and this is quoting another person who also said, He didn't even try to kickbox. He went in headhunting, street coliseum swinging with zero defense. And then uh, continuing MMA for Life, I think the knee-jerk reaction that Whitaker would need to panic wrestle is a bit over the top and implies that he's a terrible striker. He, unfortunately, fought in the least strategic way against Stylebender. Won't happen again. Um, I agree. You know, I think that, you know, he's more than capable of mixing it up and just, uh, just straight up didn't in this fight for some reason. I don't know. He, uh... It just seemed a little, I don't know, he just didn't stick to the plan if he had one or um, if the plan was to just try to take his head off the whole time. I don't know if that was a plan or maybe possibly a result of, uh, you know, maybe the energy of the crowd, uh, you know, hyping him up. You know, Maybe he felt a little bit of pressure on himself to try to just take Izzy's head clean off. But, yeah, I don't know, man. And then uh, Timoteo, who has an awesome picture of Rashad Evans' knockout face, I think, from the Lyoto Machida fight. But anyway, uh, Timoteo said, I think Whitaker threw the fight more than Adesanya won the fight. Basically, Whitaker's approach felt like he was going for broke when it was still the beginning part of the fight. He was regularly getting tagged as he recklessly dove in. I don't think many guys would be to land, nor would they even try and land in that awkward position that Adesanya was in. I think Robert gave Israel too much respect and, in return, didn't stay disciplined. I think he could easily beat Israel after an adjustment, and I think that adjustment is more about having confidence in himself. To me, he looked like he was fighting as if Israel was the champ and as if he needed to do something desperate to win. It was rather sad to watch. Yeah, I mean, that definitely could be a factor, some sort of desperation. I think, you know... Again, talking about his interviews leading up to the fight, I, I think he did feel like he had something to prove. Like he wanted to show that, you know, maybe if Calvin Gastelum could stand and bang with him, that uh, that he would be able to outstrike him as well. You know, despite having the reach disadvantage and not nearly the pure striking pedigree that Israel has. Um, I mean, what does he have? Something like 80 kickboxing fights before he went into MMA? Um yeah. And then uh, Lockard the Goat 
added in uh, probably in response to you know, could he win yeah probably mma fans are dumb and think that someone getting finished quickly the first time means that their chances of winning the rematch are infinitesimal that's a good vocab word infinitesimal anyway but we've seen connor stipe kane gsp times two all do it so why not whitaker indeed why not i'm leaving that very much open to possibility at this point and then satan's daddy said even if he walks in there with a sledgehammer i got money on issy <laughs> yeah let's say that's more of a funny response but i liked it and then uh, arg chimed back in again and he said um yeah i thought the leg kicks actually were pretty effective i thought it was his road to victory and he was mixing up the striking pretty good all round up until maybe a minute left after he threw the last inside leg kick which was not checked and buckled izzy for a split second uh i think the biggest issue and rob said as much either on the podcast or an interview after the fight was that he didn't have any defense for izzy's left hook it just kept getting through that can really fuck up a fighter it's one thing to miss something or have your timing off or just get caught but to have it happen recognize it and not have an answer for it is rough uh, as far as the original question, I'm not sure what he should do differently. I'd say work on his offensive wrestling and striking defense, but that's just way too general to call it a strategy. I think he had a good game plan and just got caught. They were basically blow for blow all fight, but Adesanya's chin was the one that held up. Uh, he knows for sure now that Adesanya has the speed advantage, though, though, so he should probably be getting out of the pocket once he lands so he doesn't get tagged with two counters before he can land a single follow-up. But that's hindsight and easy to say now when I probably would be yelling at the TV for him to throw more combinations if he was just jumping out of range after one, two shots landed. Um, that one I think again, I might kind of disagree with because... Um, they, uh, Calling it blow for blow isn't it doesn't paint the exact picture of what actually happened, as far as I could tell. Um, Brendan Dorman actually did a really good breakdown of this fight. If you're not watching Brendan Dorman breakdowns and you're like a really good fight fan and like learning the more technical aspects of it, uh, if you're not watching that channel, you fucking up, basically. Uh, yeah, Brendan Dorman film studies are awesome he goes into like every little detail of the footwork and he basically breaks down fights step by step you know pauses and you know there's text over it and everything it's it's awesome you should definitely go check that out after you're done listening to this and then um let's see magic marker also had a good response um i think he, he knows he could win and that's why he hasn't said anything he would do differently he wants to keep it under wraps until they fight again if they indeed do wise not to show his cards unless he truly wouldn't change anything which i have to doubt immensely um i don't think that maybe in the post-fight interview he was necessarily just not showing his cards i think uh he came across more to me like he just didn't uh didn't really know what happened and he thought of the fight was going pretty well and um he did have some success but uh let's see on uh, magic marker again in response to arg talking about the leg kicks um he said good post it would be it could be argued that 
uh, that hook kept getting through because his right hand was overextended, spamming lunging overhand rights at Izzy's head instead of throwing tight shots to the body and getting it back in a defensive position. That's also true. If, you know, when you lean back with the head, it does leave the body wide open, and uh, Whitaker wasn't taking advantage of that at all. Um, yeah, MMA for Life also added, yeah, Izzy moves his head well, but the body shots are there. Costa should look into going to the body against Israel, but I don't rate Costa as highly as Whitaker, KG, and Israel. Still, if he took what Israel gives him, i.e. body shots, he could have great success. Yeah, that is an idea. I mean, if you like throw to the head and get him to lean back and you could land a good shot to the body, maybe that liver shot, shut him down real hard. Yeah, definitely, for sure, that's a possibility. So yeah, uh, thank you to everybody for the feedback. Um, it was awesome hearing from everybody. Uh, sorry it took me so long to put this thing out. I think I made the post back on Wednesday and I'm just now putting it out on uh, frickin' A, Saturday morning now. So yeah, by the time you hear this, uh, this weekend's fights may have already happened. But, like I said, better late than never. Speaking of the fights that are happening tonight... Um, yeah, we got a fun little fight night card on our hands here. Um, yeah, definitely some good possibilities. Uh, I'm not going to act like I know a whole ton about a lot of these guys, but mostly just going to comment on the top two fights on the card. Um, well, oh yeah, also we've got uh, Mackenzie Dern back in action for the first time coming back from her pregnancy. And, uh... Yeah, a lot of people were worried that, you know, she wasn't going to be able to make weight because she's been notoriously bad at it. Last time, I think she missed by, like, 13 pounds or something like that. Um, I think Joey Diaz actually had the best comment on that. <laughs> he said something to the extent of, Mackenzie Dern is a fucking soldier. She had two options, make weight or keep that ass looking like a birthday cake. And she went with plan B. That's not a great impression, but I thought it was funny anyway, so I thought I'd share. But yeah, uh, made weight, no problem. That's one of the benefits of doing this podcast super late. I found out that everybody actually made weight for the fight, which um, for Ioana, apparently that was going to be an issue. You know, that at least she said something to that extent earlier in the week. It was actually really weird. Like at first she said, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to make weight. And Michelle Waterson said, oh, well, if you're not going to make weight, I'm not going to take the fight. And they were talking about, and immediately a bunch of people took to social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, saying that, uh, hey, she's not going to take the fight, I'm ready. But Michelle Waterson doesn't want to fight a replacement. I think somebody said something about Angela Hill coming in as a replacement and fighting Joanna. It was a mess. But in the end, and then, uh, oh, yeah, Joanna went on the UFC Unfiltered podcast with uh, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah, and was sort of nondescript about it. She was just saying something like, she didn't even necessarily say she was going to make weight. She was just like, yeah, I don't want to talk about this. You know, we're going to fight. We're going to put, it's like, I don't want to talk about this weight issue. You know, we're going to fight on Saturday night, and I'm more worried about talking about that. I want to talk about the show, which wasn't saying that she was or wasn't gonna make weight so weird but she ended up making weight just fine 115.5 um 
a lot of people on the forums were saying it's like oh well she had trouble making weight before and was almost killing herself uh you know leading into that the rose namayunas fights and then she got implants i don't know why she would stack the deck against her like that i was like wait when did that happen and then people posted before and after pictures and oh sure enough and um somebody actually like went and actually did the research into how much that would possibly affect the weight cut or whatever and how much they would weigh and apparently it would be like an extra pound and a half or whatever which i guess doesn't seem like much but if you've been killing yourself to make weight all this time anyway before you know that last couple pounds there's are always the hardest ones when you're totally dehydrated but anyway it's a non-issue the fight is on it's happening and i think she is going to really hurt the karate hottie here um i know they've been um ufc's kind of been trying to push michelle waterson because um yeah she cute you know ufc likes pushing the pretty pretty mma fighters you know, her Paige van zandt uh i think you know this they're trying to set this up to be the fight that might put her over set her up for a title shot but um Yuana's actually I think she's now no she did just pick up a win recently but before that she was on a three fight losing streak that now I think this is going to be the one that'll uh give her a little bit more momentum get her back on track and um yeah you know now that uh Zhang Wei Li she's the new champion you know that's a different totally different matchup I mean she lost to Rose twice but I don't know. I think Rose just has that style. She has her number. Where is she, by the way? You know, she got spiked in that last fight against um, Jessica Andrade and was actually looking really good in that fight up until that point, was piecing her up and doing everything right, and then just got dunked and we haven't heard from her since. I wonder. But yeah, that's what I think about that. I think Juana should get it done pretty handily. Um, Michelle Waterson, uh, you know, her nickname is the Karate Hottie, but her background in karate is more that, uh, like that flashy show karate style stuff. You know, when you're doing a lot of kata and spinning around a bow staff and doing it's like more, it's like presentation stuff. I don't think she's even like a point karate fighter or anything. Um, and apparently, you know, she's she actually really has been doing better with her jujitsu and everything and mixing it up well. But Yuana defends a pretty good takedown, and she's just rangier and has a. I think just from everything that I've seen in her past fights, it's just a more technical striker. Um, yeah, I think she's gonna piece her up pretty good. And then the co-main event, I just wanted to add in. Uh, we got. Crone Gracie versus Cub Swanson. Uh, Crone Gracie, uh, as you may know, the son of the legendary goat, Hicks and Gracie. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you haven't watched Choke, it is free, it's on YouTube, and it's fantastic. So what are you doing? Um, yeah, Hicks and Gracie, if you don't know, is like, as far as everyone else is concerned, is the best Gracie yeah, uh, was the older brother of Hoyce who was the one from the first UFC and the plan all along was basically that you know 
they, they put Hoist in there because he was the scrawny little brother, you know? And uh, they wanted to prove that a smaller guy could beat bigger guys with technique. But I think it was sort of understood that, it, you know, if, if ever he were to fail, they would put Hicks and Gracie in and come clean house. By the way, Hicks and Gracie, that somebody else had posted on Sherdog, there was a little thread about him, just a picture of him on Instagram, just looking ripped at the beach at the ripe old age of 60. But, um, yeah, anyway, speaking of the man of tonight, Crone Gracie, his son, um, really had a great success in his debut against Alex uh, Bruce Leroy Caceres. Um, just went in, took him down immediately, rear naked choke, just got it done. You know, we didn't see a whole lot to from him in that fight. Uh, I did follow his career a little bit before that when he was fighting in Ryzen in Japan. I think his last fight there was a uh, Shinya Aoki, who's a legit fighter. It was a solid win for him. Um, but now he's up against, uh, crafty veteran at this point in Cub Swanson. You know, Cub, he's, he's displayed a really good striking, excellent on the ground, but uh, I think he's on a four-fight losing streak, three or four, but uh, like I said, he's a veteran. He's a household name at this point, and um, I think this could be, uh, you know, if this is kind of a make-or-break fight for him. If he doesn't win, he might be uh, might be on the way out. But I don't know. I think uh, I think Crone gets it done. But uh, Cub Swanson, he said leading up to this fight, like he knows he thinks that the UFC is definitely. He's like, I know what this is. They're setting me up to be like, like a household name that he gets to beat up and put him over. But I'm not here for it, and it's not going to happen. So um, we'll see. I'm leaning towards Crone right now. Um. He's been working a lot with the Diaz brothers. He didn't really show a whole lot of his striking in his last fight, but um, in that Aoki fight, he showed that he, he actually was on the feet for quite a bit. He was really good. He, uh, he got into the clinch, um, messed him up with the dirty boxing really well on the feet before he finally took him down and submitted him. So um, maybe we could we could see some of that. You know, good clinch work, pin him against the cage, rough him up a little bit, and then. Yeah, finish the fight on the ground. I'm guessing Chrome by submission in that fight. All right, now that we got the big league talk out of the way, I want to talk about some fights that you might have missed this past weekend. And I am talking about Street Beefs. If you are not on the Street Beefs hype train yet, you need to get on because it is leaving the station with a quickness. Um, for those of you who don't know, Street Beefs is a small backyard fight organization out of, uh, Virginia, and, uh, they're getting pretty big, they got, they got tons of views on their YouTube channel, and, you know, lots of people, I know there's other major organizations around, you know, you got your Bellator, you got your One Championship, you got Ryzen, they got events coming up and everything, but nobody else in the podcasting world at this time is covering street beefs, at, at, to my knowledge at least. Um, 
but yeah, I, it is my jam right now. <laughs> I just that's all I watch. I don't even I don't even watch Bellator fights anymore. You know, they're trying to put on fights with old fighters that maybe should have been retired by now. The biggest thing they got coming up is Rampage versus Fedor with Rampage just eating himself to death and they're using an old picture in the promo poster of him with a six-pack false advertising now street beefs is as real as it gets um if you don't know it's uh yeah it's, it's, it was uh, started by this guy uh named chris wilmore aka scarface or just face casually to his among his friends um and uh he started it as um you know kind of similar to the thing dada 5000 was doing with uh you know if you ever watched the documentary dog fight if you haven't go watch it it's amazing that's where um yeah the, that miami scene that's where jorge masvidal came from kimbo slice and them but um very similar to that same kind of feel they put on um they put on boxing matches in a cage in a backyard and mma uh, I'm just covering the MMA fights right now because that's mostly what I'm into. I'm thinking about, you know, maybe uh, maybe getting out there one of these days, seeing what's up. Oh, and uh, they even got Jens Pulver now working with them. Yeah, Lil Evil. Remember him? The UFC veteran. Yeah, they got him uh, out there reffing some of the fights and now scouting for talent, trying to get their, uh, their uh, MMA and boxing game up to the next level. So it's awesome. They're blowing up right now. Big things are happening. Uh, Face just went on uh, the doctors. Apparently, he just gave us an update the other day. He was on the doctors' TV show talking about street beefs and their, uh, you know, what they're doing, their movement. Um, yeah, their motto is uh, "gloves up, guns down." You know, trying to keep the violence contained in the cage and uh, off the streets and uh i love it man honestly i love what they're doing out there i think it's a great movement lots of people have picked up their story i think the new york times has covered them the washington post um if you want just the quick version of what they're about somebody made a really good documentary i think it's like 10 minutes long uh it's called lions in the corner basically explains what they're all about but it is awesome you see some stuff that you will not see in these bigger organizations um, you know, people they they fight on a in the dirt, freaking. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's just a backyard feel. I think they're trying to you know get a better cage or something or some kind of maybe like a tarp situation or something that the fighters can fight on because the dirt was actually kind of becoming a problem in this this last event. It was getting uh getting well tread on and kind of dusty at the end, but. I just wanted to throw out there some of the highlights from this past weekend that I noticed some of my favorite fights and uh yeah the first oh yeah and by the way nobody uses their real names out there uh they all got these awesome nicknames so uh the first one up that I, I really enjoyed was uh Kumquat versus Big Pit um yeah it was awesome uh Kumquat big dude uh, you know, a little stockier. Big Pit was a little uh, longer, lanky fella. Kumquat shot in for a double leg. Lost a shoe. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, they're allowed to wear shoes. But they have a strict policy about it. Like, you can, you can go in barefoot, but and you can, or you can wear shoes if you don't like walking around getting your feet dirty. But they got to be approved first. Like, you can't come in wearing some 
steel toe boots and throwing head kicks and shit. That's not cool. Um, so anyway, <laughs> goes. It uh, was funny. Yeah, so Kumquat goes in, shoots for a double leg takedown, takes him down, loses the shoe in the process. The ref grabs it, hands it to somebody outside of the cage. Um, gets on back to the feed. They're grappling a little bit. Kumquat hits a spinning elbow on the break. Um, the next round, uh, he came out barefoot. Um, took him down. Went for a rear naked choke. Wound up in his guard. Uh, it was just awesome the back and forth fight. Um, you know that some of these guys, you know, they're just uh backyard scrappers, and you know, some of them like you know people, but the talent pools have been getting progressively better. It's it's kind of like uh, you know, it's like Fight Club, basically like the movie. Like you know, they just started doing it and started enjoying it and they enjoy it so much they want to get better at it and uh if you go on facebook they got a really cool community um everybody on there is like really cool really supportive everybody posts videos of their training people give each other tips and stuff and it's nice man it's like having a accountability group and it's just like a, it's a it's a movement it's a group of people just trying to better themselves um all centered around this uh this idea of fighting in satan's backyard man uh let's see another good one happened last weekend was a uh, warlord versus dark man um you know they got off to a sort of like a tentative start they're feeling each other out through a couple little kicks uh warlord landed the takedown hit him with some heavy ground and pound uh next round same thing uh warlord attempts to take down struggles a little bit gets it you more ground and pound. Third third round is just all warlord. Um <laughs> though there's oh yeah, there was a really funny moment in that fight. Like he like he took him down, he was he was beating on him from like side control or something. And uh yeah, well, he thought that a dark man had tapped out or like he felt him tap and then like he stopped he was, the, like the ref didn't stop it, but he he just stopped beating on him and and then he's he was like, What? I thought it was over and then <laughs> dark man goes he's like what no no i didn't then they're, like, they're like it was then they have this awkward moment where they just like sat there for a second <laughs> somebody somebody in the crowd just yells out punch his ass then and so just from a sitting position sitting next to him he does he just fucking socks him <laughs> and then i think a dark man you can even hear him at some point go oh hell no man this is bullshit <laughs> um so yeah that was another exciting fun one to watch um then uh oh yeah then for the uh i think the lightweight title they got yeah now they, before for what for the longest time they had like very very loose weight class rules like they just tried to tried to like match each other up just based on uh like on the honor system and just kind of taking a look at them and sizing them up and seeing who might match up well but now the more and more people are getting involved they they're actually breaking it up into legit weight classes and i think it was the lightweight title the their their 165 pound division um they they had the championship fight this weekend and uh oh yeah uh yeah they crowned a new champion his name is screamo and uh he molly whopped the fuck out of this dude named wonderbread like he tur for four rounds he just made wonder bread into toast like he was he had the 
in really good wrestling. Like, I mean, Wonderbread, like, hats off to him for, like, sticking in the fight and not giving up. But Screamo, he's got, like, a really good uh, wrestling background. Apparently, he was a really good record wrestling in high school. And he was just, like, throwing him around, ragdolling him. So that was fun to watch. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, another fun one. Uh, Shokujitsu versus Dread God. This was a heavyweight fight, and uh, Shokujitsu, he uh, he he big boy. He was uh, he came out wearing you know a tank top and everything, and then uh, Dread God, a little bit smaller, a little more athletic looking though. Uh, Shokujitsu came out, threw threw a couple of leg kicks, landed you know surprisingly heavy, kicking him in the calf, and you could hear him landing, but. Uh, Dread God got the takedown, uh, laying onto it, laying into him, ground and pound, and uh, Shokujitsu got to his feet, but at the expense of his tank top getting ripped, and uh, they stopped for a second for because uh, the, they saw blood. Oh yeah, by the way, um, none of these fighters get tested before the fights or anything, so when they see blood, they take it very seriously and they will stop a fight, even if they see just a little bit. They don't want anybody getting sick or whatever. So, yeah, they stopped it for blood and then ended up just moving on into round two because it was close to the end of the round anyway. And, uh, yeah. And uh, Shokujitsu came out with his uh, ripped tank top, just one man titty hanging out. And, uh, yeah, Dread God came in, took him down, finished him with the ground and pound. Good fight. Oh, yeah, and the... They also do this thing that they'll fight multiple times in one night. Like, like if you had a if you had a good match, you're still feeling up to it. They'll they'll let you fight multiple times in one in one night. I think uh, a couple, not this past one, but a couple weeks ago, one of my personal favorites, this guy Nighttime Guru. He's kind of like the like the style bender of this organization, sort of like lanky striker dude. Um, yeah, he he had a uh, three different fights in the one, he had like one boxing match and two MMA matches, but uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, Dread God fought again uh, against uh, this dude named Righteous. Oh yeah, and did and they they basically they they announced their names before the fight for the crowd and everything. But you know, for the YouTube, they always like go up and. Uh, let the fighter sort of introduce themselves and they can, you know, they, they all, they'll have like different side gigs or whatever. Like they'll random, some of them will shout out their, uh, you know, tell, tell you to follow them on Instagram or whatever. Or some of them got, uh, they got, they do, do a little rap career on the side, making music, uh, dread God. He was just a big anime fan. And he, uh, he said to check out, uh, I think he said demon slayer. Yeah. He said it was lit. So I might, uh, might do that sometime. Anyway, Dread God versus Righteous. Uh, this one was interesting. Yeah, Dread God uh, throws a big punch but gets taken down. Fights back up. Righteous had him pinned on the face for a while. Dread God escapes and then swarms on him at the end of the round. with Hits him with a big flurry and he was covering up. And then uh, the round ended. Oh yeah, by the way, these are all uh, two-minute rounds. Which is uh, pretty cool. It's a lot of action in a short amount of time. And... Uh, keeps them from gassing out too much and they do it they do a ton of fights i think there were 37 fights this past weekend i watched them all on youtube man it's legit anyway yeah let's see round two um yeah uh righteous gets a takedown on him 
and uh they almost hit the camera like they uh, that was another thing they have uh they record everything on one camera and like the lady in the ring uh when right just went for the takedown like she went straight for her and like you see her like hand shoot out in front of the camera for a second and you're like whoa 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 backed up um yeah so he gets the takedown and then they end up on the fence and he backs off and lets him away uh they, they trade shots out in the open and uh righteous uh dread dread guy was doing a good job uh, like landing shots on him uh righteous he had a like a weird way of uh defending and avoiding the shots like he sort of like just like bent all the way over at the waist and just tried to duck under it he like he just bends down and swings wild with the overhand right sometimes he caught him with the a counter though man it was just is chaos and then finally the third round they're both pretty tired um dread God manages to get the knockdown landed strikes against the fence um somehow he got uh reversed righteous ended up on top but uh dread got get got his uh mouthpiece knocked out and uh the i think he tried to say something about it but uh righteous just kept on punching him nobody really noticed uh then the ref ended up going in and stopping it quite an unrighteous move but i mean if he really didn't notice you know he, he, what are you gonna do he's gonna try to finish the fight um, I actually watched the live streams of this. Oh yeah, they do live streams on another channel for some reason. Like when the actual fights are going on, like you can watch them live on a. I think it's the Demon Boys Boxing Channel. Yeah, if you want to watch the live streams, there you go. And then they also record them later to be uploaded to YouTube if you want to watch it that way. Um, but yeah, when I was watching it on the live stream, uh, Dread God was pissed. Like, he was sitting there, like, like just yelling and, like, arguing with him for, like, a whole couple few minutes about it, and uh, it turned into a whole scene for a minute. And then, uh, oh, yeah, uh, Nighttime Guru was back in action, had uh, two fights this weekend. First one was up against this dude named Megadeth, apparently big thrash metal fan. And, uh, let's see, night, yeah, Nighttime Guru, he, like, he dropped him, uh, and ended up on top, gets gets swept it holds guard for a minute um that's the only thing i think he needs to work on is uh his grappling isn't quite at the level that that it needs to be to be competitive his striking's good like he's got you know he's got the range he's got the precision he's got kicks he's uh he's sharp but uh when he winds up in guard you he usually he's, he's pretty good defensively but he, um mostly just like holds him in the closed guard and you know breaks posture and like tries to stay defensive you know once in a while like maybe throw a shot off the back but um yeah he, he ended up in guard ended up sweeping him taking his back and attempting the rear naked choke but uh, he was just a little too high on him ended up slipping off and rolling over ended up back up in guard at the end of the round um second round they both come out and uh Here's something you don't see every day. They kick each other in the nuts at the exact same time. And then after they recover from that, uh, Guru came out, landed two big right hands. Um, Megadeth uh, tried to tried to take him down, and then uh, they stopped it for a second because they saw a little bit of blood. Let him keep going for a minute, and then Nighttime Guru hit him with a spinning back fist and. Uh, I think I made him a little bit more bloody. I had to stop the fight. And then uh, the later on that night, Nighttime Guru had a fight against this dude, Supreme Tot, 
well, I think this this was his first time. You know, I think it was, it was. I know it was my first time seeing him. But uh, dude was missing like three of his front teeth. He looked like a hockey player. Wore a mouth guard anyway for some reason. Um, but yeah, once again, a nighttime guru came out. Guns blazing through a big spinning kick. Supreme Todd, but he grabbed him, picked him up, and hit him with a big slam. It was like a like a power bomb or a spine buster. Slammed him in the dirt and then uh, kicked up dust. And uh, yeah, here's where the dirt starts to be a little bit of a problem. Like the dirt started getting in in, in his eyes and they ended up having to stop it for a second. Uh, came back. Nighttime Guru hit him with a hit him with a nice flurry. Uh, but then uh, Supreme oh yeah <laughs> Supreme Todd threw what I called the uh, the Kip Dynamite kick. If you remember that scene where he's in like the Rex Kwando dojo, he's like, "All right, come on, hit me with your best shot." And he threw like that spinning back, like that Mortal Kombat leg sweep kick. He just backed up, totally missed. It was funny though. And then, um, yeah, then uh, round two, uh, Guru, um, you know, he got on him right away. Tried to. to Try to take his back from standing up, which, you know, isn't always the best idea because, you know, they can, like, just fall backwards or slam you or whatever. But, yeah, he tries to take the back, uh, gets him down on the ground, but ends up uh, getting swept back into, ends up pulling guard again. Manages to get back to his feet, but then uh, the second time, Supreme Tot took him down, ended up in full mount and finished with an arm bar. And, uh, yeah, that was it. And he did a did a pretty nice backflip at the end there too. That was pretty sweet. And there was another good fight uh, between this dude. I think his name was uh, Crooked Arm Charm versus Blue Devil. And uh, Crooked Arm Charm was aptly named because he came out and he had like uh, he had like it was looked like his arm. It was I, I don't know what was up with it. It was like like a zigzag. Like, I don't know if it was like some sort of like birth defect or if it like broke one time and never healed right or something. But he, uh, yeah, he had a wonky arm, man. That's again, that's that's just something you don't see in the big leagues. But you know, he was game. He came out to fight, um, threw some really good kicks, but uh, it ended up, um, yeah, Blue Devil ended up taking down taking him down most of the fight. At one point, uh, Crooked Arm, I thought he was about to choke him out i thought he was gonna get a guillotine with the crooked arm but i was like how crazy would that have been but uh no blue devil got out of it um ended up doing uh doing enough damage getting the ground and pound i think it went to a decision but uh yeah good for crooked arm man just hanging in there making it work working with what he had that was awesome and then uh oh yeah another one of my favorite fights this one was a quick one uh the guy's name was uh baby hulk versus baby face and uh baby hulk uh, again aptly named he was just a short little dude but wide jacked ripped and he had just came in hit him with a blast double leg ground and pound takes the back rear naked choke um yeah awesome uh, i think debut for that guy that was pretty cool um then there's another dude oh yeah that that, that was all the MMA fights that I I really enjoyed watching, and then there's this other dude that there's that's their champion in the in the boxing division, goes by the name of King Leonidas. 
and he's got mad skills, man. He's he's uh he's actually a really pretty good technical boxer, and uh, he fought some dude named Merck, and once again aptly named because he got murked. It was it was bad. Usually they uh they find somebody pretty good to fight with King Leonidas. You want to go back watch some of the old fights. Um, he fought a dude named Rampage, uh, not Jackson, different Rampage. But they had they actually had two fights. The second one was even better because uh like Ramp you know, they, they, like I said, they do the interviews before the fights with the fighters and uh like he so he was talking about he's like, Man, ever since I lost, I've been losing sleep, been having trouble at my job. That's all I can think about. I wanna get back in there. I think he's getting old. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take it from him. And uh yeah, that they had a, a really good back and forth fight that time but uh yeah anyway man street beefs there you have it if you're not watching it get into it i think yeah like i said they're they're based out of virginia winchester i think but uh now they're doing they're starting to do shows all around the united states i think they got they got one coming up i don't think it's this weekend but next weekend out in california then they got another one man i gotta actually i don't think they have a schedule posted or anything but they got one more out of state and then back in virginia on november 9th just in time for my birthday so um yeah then the next one in virginia after that i think is in on december 14th but yeah big stuff street beefs get into it um yeah and there it is there you have it we have another uh mma podcast in the books or in the cloud whatever it's out there it's on the internet and if you got this far you just listened to it so thank you thank you very much um yeah hope you enjoyed it uh i tried to try a new thing this time uh i'm using a different i'm using a microphone modeling program on my phone it's called mic swap uh it's yeah you, it's kind of cool like you get to use um it's like a microphone simulation software where you can uh, swap out different kinds of microphones. You can use like a condenser or something and make your uh, make your recording sound a little bit more professional. So um, uh, hopefully it worked. Uh, let me know if you've listened to past episodes compared to this one, if this is a significant noticeable improvement. Um, I went back, listened to a couple clips and uh, it sounds pretty good to me. I mean, this thing, this mic is hot. It picks up everything. And uh, on that note, uh, I'm sorry for all the mouth noises earlier. I noticed, I noticed that about halfway through, and I uh, went and got myself a drink of water. But uh, yeah, there it is, all done. And uh, hope you enjoy the fights tonight. And uh, I'm going to bed. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and remember, until next time, if you mind your mind, then your mind won't mind. So mind your mind. Mind. <laughs>